Welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, the podcast dedicated to helping you navigate these hypersexualized times of ours. And in today's episode, Benji and I are going over our own five best productivity hacks. So he brought five, I brought five. It's not a battle like last time. We just have our own mini lists. But don't worry, this is not generic information. We wouldn't do that to you. What's the point? There's enough of that out there. This is much more about how to maintain a really high level state of fulfillment and connection throughout your days so that you can accomplish your North Star goal, so that you can live the life that you were meant to and stop settling for zoning out on your phone, eating junk food and the like. So we all need to really refine our approach to life every single day so that we can get good at life, get really good, like win by our own rules, by our own standards. So if this sounds interesting to you, if you would like to, in fact, get better at life, then please join us at this very exciting time in history when we can talk about such things as productivity hacks. Welcome to the future, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Benji has, if you can't see the video, has beautiful grandma curtains in the background. It looks like he's in a log cabin of a very old couple. It's not far from the truth. I'm in a giant like microwave oven in Japan because the houses here are made of, I don't know what they're made of, but when the sun comes up, it burns everything inside, cooks everyone. So it's hot. So kind of like I tried that stuff out recently. I went camping and they have those packs where you add water. Mm-hmm. And then, so mine was lasagna and it was just powder and stuff. And I was like, there's no way, but you add boiling water to it. No, listen, 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 hear me out. Hear me out. It was designed by NASA. And so it seems so nasty. And I was looking at it. I was like, there's no way that this is going to be remotely tasty. And so you wait seven minutes while the heat pings off the walls. That's the technologies on the inside of these pouches where the heat not only gets trapped, but it grows exponentially hotter, 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 hotter to the point where it just makes the food grow. And it was the most delicious lasagna I've ever had. I swear to you, it's so good. So kind of like that. That's what it sounds like you're living in, one of those. So Benji's going to be delicious by the time he leaves Japan. He's in Japan, by the way. And today, y'all, we are going to be going over productivity hacks. And the reason is that high noon, of course, is about getting rid of bad habits and addictions. But there's the kind of emotional aspect, the spiritual aspect, but there's also the habitual aspect. And in terms of habits, it's very important to build days intentionally to serve your goals because otherwise there's so much leaked energy. Like imagine if you don't have an aim for your time online, it's very easy to waste time and energy just floats away. But the same is true of any aspect, sleep, food, all this. So in order to be intentional, you have to have a goal and a kind of lifestyle that you're striving for. But it also really helps to have tricks and tools. And that's where we're coming in this episode with some productivity hacks. I hate the word hack just Mm. because it's so Silicon Valley. But Benji and I came strapped with five things that we use to be productive. Because here's the thing, guys and gals, if you don't have kids, you have to get really way, way, way better 
at using your time well when you have kids. Otherwise, you start to feel like a failure in every aspect of your life. Like if you're still on the phone working at home when you should be playing with your kids because you weren't productive enough at work and you didn't get everything done, it really starts to make you feel like a bad dad and you feel like a bad employee and it just wreaks havoc. So we want to give you a few tips on how to be as productive as possible so that you can enjoy life and do the things that matter most. So as a gentleman, which I am pretending to be in this very moment, Benji, I offer you the opportunity to go oh, first, you. dear sir. Yeah, I will just you are start welcome. by saying, thanks, gentlemen. My productivity hacks are not hacks. I think when I first started thinking about this list, my mind went to the hacks that you see like on the internet and Instagram and whatnot. But I realized that the hacks, like the phone hacks or the biohack or the supplement hack or those kinds of things are minute in comparison to the actual hacks, which are more about a state of being that you're in when you are trying to achieve an activity or something like that. So I think it's important to define what productivity is, at least for my list. My definition is it's an emotional, physical, or spiritual state that you're in when you're trying to do a task or activity that makes that activity easier or more efficient or more effective. So an example of to illustrate this is if you are to study for an exam, right when you wake up after eight, nine hours sleep versus at midnight after you've worked all day and you're trying to go to bed and you're tired, your productivity will be much lower, right? And you can try to hack your way through to be more productive at night by drinking a lot of coffee or something like that. But all of that pales in comparison to if you were to be able to study when you were rested, when you were clear in mind, maybe after you took a walk or something like that, then it's like those little hacks like drinking coffee to stay awake don't matter in comparison to just figuring out the biggest ways, all right? So my first two are going to be for people at different stages of life, because I was in a stage of life where I was working in an office in New York City and commuting every day from New Jersey to New York. So that's going to be my first one is for people like that. And my second hack, I'll explain in a second, is for people that are working remotely, which I do now, all right? So my first hack is to figure out a way to bike, walk, or run to as many destinations as possible, okay? So I started doing mm -hmm. this from New Jersey to New York. And what I noticed was that it was not just exercise, because that's like the easy reason to do it. It's not just saving money, but actually it made me more productive because I had clear mind, I was healthier, and actually honestly was faster for me to bike from New Jersey to New York, as opposed to taking a bus from the same location to the office, which is crazy. I didn't think about that. But the result was it turned an experience, which is usually a negative experience, which is busing with a bunch of people to in a bunch of traffic to a completely terrible out of world positive experience of biking and enjoying the weather, enjoying the time. It could be freezing rain. It could be snowing. I did this for two years straight. It radically changed my health. And I think I talked about this before. I had some thyroid issues that it changed that a lot. It made my resting heartbeat. It was like 80 beats per minute before I started this. And then now, because I kind of implement this as a lifestyle change, my resting heart rate is about 50 beats per minute, which is radically different. So it's one thing that I've just like changed my default activity is like, if I'm going to go somewhere, is it possible for me to bike there? And if so, I will prioritize that. And it radically changes the way that I am that day, like the way that I feel emotionally, because I'm out and about, I'm enjoying the activity of biking. It's very hard to be upset or stressed or angry when you're biking through, you know, wherever you're going. <laughs> and then it just made me happier overall. So that'd be my first one is figure out a way how to use your body as a means of transport as much as possible. Even if it's, for example, if you work on a fifth floor of an office building or you live in an apartment, 
find a way to take the stairs as opposed to elevator because it'll just add that bit of productivity or like exercise and, and getting you the clarity up from your fitness. Yeah, stuff like that is just use your body more. Another one would be like using one of those yoga balls to sit on or like a walking desk or a, I don't know, there's a bunch of different types of desks where you can actually move your body while you're trying to get stuff done. All right, that's it for you. I like it. Yeah, I have something similar, but I'm going to start at the top of my list, which is to the night before. And it's funny because every night I don't want to do this, Mm -hmm. even though I know I need to and it helps me so much. So I just do it anyway. But there's some weird resistance in me. And that is to write out my day the night before. So I write it out like I write out what I'm going to do the next day. And I have two lists. Okay, one list is all the stuff that I want to get done. And the other sheet that I use is timed out when I'm going to do all this stuff. So there's like chunks of time. And like I will chunk out rest or I will chunk out exercise or I'll chunk out even hypnosis, which I'm going to get into. But I do all this stuff in order to check out, okay, what's in my calendar tomorrow? Because some stuff pops up. I have meetings. I have one-on-ones. All sorts of things pop into my schedule. But I don't want to let that dominate me. So I first look at all the things that I kind of have to do. And then I look at the list that I make out of all the things that I want to do as well. And then I compile it into, if you think about it, it's like, maybe this is a generational gap issue. But when I was younger, we used to make mixtapes, right? Of like the best songs, all of your favorite songs on one tape. So the best Nirvana song or whatever. And it's just like the all-star playlist. And so that's what I do, but for my days. And of course, there's some stuff there that is drudgery or whatever, but I segment that so that I get it done at a certain time when I probably have the most energy and all that, because I know myself. And when I do that, I'm telling you, my days are so amazing because if I know I have a string of meetings, guess what? I'm going to be going for a walk after that or whatever, just to break up that energy to rehabilitate and then to come into the next thing fresh. So I kind of orchestrate it like a song. All songs are very formulaic. There's a reason why there's verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus, or whatever, right? Because it makes us feel a certain way. So I really am trying to do the same thing with my days to put in the fun stuff, to schedule it in, to put in the hardest thing that I need to do to all everything, but in a way that kind of makes sense. And it's always a hypothesis of what I think will work. And But the more I do it, the more I see that how different my life is when I don't plan ahead. It just feels meh. The same stuff might get done, but in the wrong order. And so now I'm tired instead of feeling accomplished or whatever. So it's really amazing. Plus, most of the time, I don't get nearly as much done. But even if I do it, if it's in the wrong order, it doesn't feel the same. So How long yeah, writing out all this, honestly, less than 10 minutes, hmm. but it's kind of like, I don't know, flossing your teeth or whatever menial task that just feels like drudgery. Yeah. That's what it is to me is like, I don't want to do it, but I know I have to do it because I feel so good. So just do yeah. it. And I even bought this, I used to do it in a moleskin, but how I write out my day really matters. So I actually bought this tool called the Remarkable, which is like, it's, I call to tell my kids, it's like an iPad, but just for boring stuff. Cause it's only for business. You just write it down. It's like a virtual piece of paper. So that helps me too, to get all my day out in a way that I can see it and perceive it. Yeah. 
Benji, that's so one you, for one, tit for yeah, tat. Yeah, so when you list out your tasks, are you a hard tasks first kind of guy? Like, do you prioritize doing the dreadful things first? No, not necessarily. I don't think it's productive to have those kind of rules for yourself. Like, to go through phases, sure. But like today, I had a meeting at 7.30 in the morning. So it was basically like I had to plan for that. I had a bunch of meetings bright and early. And so I had to change how I normally have my day. So it really depends. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious because there's different schools of thought for that. Yeah, I just wanted to know. Yeah. Yeah, well, we are in a position where we have a bunch of different types of stuff, like interpersonal stuff, creative stuff, I don't know, spreadsheets, boring stuff. So you have to manage your energy well. Mm. Cool. What you got, Benji? What's next? I have my second point. As I promised, this is for you folks who are working from home remotely. I started doing this about a year ago, and that is to rent out a co-working space. You know those things that people do where they go out into an office and they work somewhere and you wonder why people would ever pay money to do that? I'm that guy. <laughs> and I started doing this. There's like a franchise of co-working spaces called WeWork. And they even did a drama documentary about it with Anne mm-hmm. Hathaway and Jared Leto. And so this is a co-working space that I pay monthly for. And I do it because it actually... First of all, I am the kind of person that likes to get out of the house and I have a harder time focusing when I'm in the house. And it's not because of my kids, by the way. My kids won't bother me at all when I'm working at home. It's more because it's at home and it's familiar and I can hear like my children and my wife and I kind of feel like, oh, I want to go play or I want to go hang out or maybe that feeling of guilt or like I should. So I like to get out and I used to always go to cafes every single day to work to Starbucks or Panera Bread or any like local cafe to work. And that helped me a lot. But then I started doing co-working space because when I'm there, it's like I focus so well because it's almost like I need to because if I don't, I'm wasting money, that kind of feeling, <laughs> like my yeah. own money. So I go there and it's just like laser focused, no distraction. And of course, these places may have sparkling water and coffee and nice bathrooms, which is way better than like fighting homeless people for the toilet in Starbucks, which I was doing for a bit, <laughs> to be honest. I just really like it. It's not for everybody, but I think there are some people that like the idea of having dedicated strategic focus time at a location that's yours, right? So there you go. Highly recommend. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, it's worth the investment to have an intentional space, just like it's good to have like a prayer room or a prayer space because it feels sacred and holy. It's good to have a sacred space for work as well. Nice. My next one is way different than yours and it's a combination of hypnosis and NSDR, which is non-sleep deep rest at some midpoint during the day. And we had, you know, a hypnotist on our show, but I really believe in that stuff. So both act as this, it's almost as though you just had a nap, right? Mm. So non-sleep deep rest. If you look on YouTube, you can get 10 minute audios. You can just download them and I have a few that I'll use. And basically, you trick your body into believing you just had about a one-hour nap, but you just took 10 minutes to listen to an audio track, and it just calms your mind and resets your body. It's amazing. It really is amazing. So I can't nap because my mind works too fast during the day, and I'm already thinking about, you know, if I set my Mm -hmm. alarm, all I'll be thinking about is like, but when do I go to sleep? Because I know that if I sleep for too long or too little, then I'll wake up feeling worse. And then I'm thinking so much that I can't sleep. So it's pointless. But I'll do non-sleep deep rest if I'm feeling really tired and low energy. 
because what it does is it really does make you feel fresher. And I'll do hypnosis probably about three times a week just to align myself with my North Star goal. And you can do that consciously by thinking about it, but this gets to your subconscious mind. So I have different tracks that I use for hypnosis and I love it. It's kind of like having a spiritual shower. I don't know how else to describe it, but this is kind of like a midday thing that I would highly recommend. I always do it after lunch. A lot of people experience kind of a midday dip after lunch. Look up NSDR. You can do it anywhere. You can do it on a bus or anything. It's just 10 minutes or less. And you feel so fresh and fly and good. So that's my number two. Yeah, that's great. Hey, if you're getting something good from this episode, you will probably really enjoy our other podcast, The Blessed Couple Podcast, where we talk about how to create a smashing marriage and experience God in the process. And yes, we talk a lot about sex. We have incredible guest speakers that I think you're going to really love. All you have to do is search for Blessed Couple Podcast on your favorite podcast player, or just click the link in the description of this episode. Thanks. Back to the show. So when you say hypnosis, my first thought is like, I have no idea where to even start. So can you give us like some guidelines? It's like if someone says, I, well, like, you should get into crypto. And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> so essentially, it's adjusting your subconscious mind. It's getting you into a state where you're still aware of what's happening. You're not like out of your mind, but you're so rested that you're open to suggestion. And you can go back to an earlier podcast. We had somebody on our podcast about three or four months ago who went over a lot of the details of this. But essentially what you're doing is you are planting the suggestions of like your North Star goal or something that you want. So if you're dealing with anxiety, to plant the seed of I'm calm and collected, I deal with stress super well. And you start, it goes past your logical mind because that's now kind of asleep. You're in such a rested state that your conscious mind is really dozy. It's kind of like your conscious mind acts as the security guard and it's distracted so new ideas can sneak past. But that only really happens. So that would be a lot harder to do, say, on a bus. But you can do non-sleep deep rest on a bus. So it, it kind of depends on what I'm doing. But both hypnosis and NSDR make me feel so fresh afterwards. So it's like my second wind. It's like having a coffee. I don't like having a coffee in the afternoon. So I just do that instead. Got it. All right. Cool. What my, you got? My third point is also related to sleep, believe it or not. It is, now this sounds obvious and most people will say this in like a productivity podcast typically, but it's been really real to me in the last few years. And that is to get as much sleep as possible. All right. Now, Boom. this is crazy obvious, but it's nuanced and important for people who are like me that generally feel guilty about sleeping. And I don't know why it is, but I have my whole life lived with this belief that I should get as little sleep as possible. Because if I sleep too much, it's a waste of time and it's not conducive <laughs> to a life that I want to live, which is a weird belief that I somehow have. Now, of course, I think there can be cases for extreme like misuse of sleep as a way to escape things. And I've been guilty of experiencing that too, of like, feeling down or depressed or not wanting to deal with life to just like lay in bed and just kind of doze off as much as possible. I've even talked with people that have used sleep as a way to escape the shame and guilt they feel because of their porn habit. 
like they'll act out mm. at night or something and they feel so bad about it and they don't want to get up. So they just kind of sleep or pretend to sleep or stay in bed as much as possible. So barring that, it's unreasonable to think that we should not sleep. And the reason being, if you're well rested, for me at least, my productivity is night and day when I'm well rested versus when I'm not well rested. And I notice that I'm just agitated, irritable, I'm foggy and I'm not able to focus. And when I'm rested like eight, nine hours of sleep, I just feel like a child, like I'm just ready to take on the world. You know? <laughs> so I want to say that because it's like this weird belief that I think a lot of people hold is that we should sleep less and we should follow suit with true father or true mother that sleep two or three hours a night. I don't know how some people do it, but for me, it's like, I think I just need to sleep and I just give myself permission to sleep earlier and not have an alarm in the morning, but have an alarm for when I go to sleep, which is harder to do for some people. It's like my alarm goes off at night and says on the label on my phone, it says time for bed. And that's when I need to go to bed. Yeah. Wow. Your phone yeah. is your boss, your bed boss. Cool. It's not just you, Benji. It's everybody. Sleep is very, very important. Thank you for that. For my next one, I'm going to say I've been doing this off and on for a while and I can really see the difference and that is fasting in the morning. So I'll have a coffee, but that's it. And what it does is fasting allows me to not have like any energy spikes or, you know, from sugars or from anything that I might be having. Because typically I would have a smoothie or something with fruits and all that. And that comes with a spike of insulin. So there's a lot of data behind why a lot, I know a lot of people that do this is this intermittent fasting idea. It does create more focus. I've really tested it out and I don't want to believe that it's true because I love food. But at the same time, if I eliminate that from my morning routine, then it really helps me to just dial in like an energy level and it's really focused. So again, not for everybody, this is not medical advice. I don't even think I could play a doctor on TV because there's too many medical terms, like one of those ER shows, there's too many long words. So I'm not even pretending to be able to say exactly why. I've just done a, a ton of research and I've experimented with myself and I can say that I am vastly more productive when I don't have breakfast. First thing out of bed, I have a bunch of water with salt. There's different reasons for that. and then. Right before I start working, I'll make a nice, delicious cup of coffee and then I'm flying all morning. And then I'll have kind of like an early lunch at like 11 o'clock or so. And it feels so good. I really love it. So that's my number three. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, my number four is going to be going to the gym and working out and nice. getting sweat on and strength training, even if it's once a week. You could do once, twice, three times, whatever floats your boat. Better than nothing is what I say. And the reason that I find it productive is because I just feel better. You know, like eventually if you do something enough consistently, you feel better doing the thing than not doing it, even though it's uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it just feels off and it's like something that you just prefer to do. And it's not just the physical benefits. It's also like the mental benefits. It feels good. There's been studies you can research about the benefits of exercising on your mentality. And I just like the feeling of it. It's not because I have like these grand goals of being able to bench X amount of weight or be this amount of weight. It's just because I feel good when I exercise and work out. And that's why I do it. And I feel worse or different when I don't. And that's why I prefer not to not work out. That's it. I mean, it's also like what I've noticed is that there's a correlation between the people's ability to think long-term and their ability to exercise consistently and also have sexual integrity. So this is something that I recommend to people when they are 
trying to develop a more long-term thinking because sexual integrity, like porn masturbation is, I think generally people are more susceptible to developing addiction who are thinking short-term because it's a short-term win. It's a short-term high or benefit that they're getting. But if you're thinking long-term, it's more detrimental to any addiction is more detrimental than it is beneficial. And so people mm -hmm. ask me, like the guys that I explain this concept to is like, how do I develop the ability to think long-term? And I always say, that exercise and fitness in general is a good place to start because it's a physical representation of you developing the actual skill of seeing your goals in a long-term time frame, as opposed to like, I want to get fit now, like in two or three months. And it's good to try that, but more cases than not, it's like a flash in the pan and people don't maintain it long-term. But as people like start to succeed and fail and then fall off the wagon and then go back to the gym and go through several cycles of those, people start realizing that you have to develop a long-term mindset if you want to be fit for your entire life. It's like a requirement. It stretches your capacity to think long-term and it forces you to start thinking those time horizons. So that's a really good benefit for exercise. And I've noticed, and this is anecdotal, of course, but I've noticed that people, when I'm talking with or mentoring guys that are really struggling with certain aspects of their sexual integrity, I can tell that somebody doesn't work out. And if someone does work out based on the way that they talk about their habit or they talk about their life or they talk about their goals. So yeah, anywho, that's it. Thanks. Which explains why Benji's the size of a rhinoceros. Dinosaurus. He's huge. He's ripped. He's shredded. Hard. It's hard. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. They don't do gyms here in Japan. Like exercise. Do they have public parks with those workout you They know, do. Things? And that's what I have to do. But like the ideal form of a Japanese man is clean shaven. And like skinny as a Japanese man. <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't know. It's just very different than like America, for example. Sure. Where skinny is out of fashion. For my next one, number four, I believe in and I practice kind of a Pomodoro style of focus for a certain increment of time and then take a break. So I do 90 minute increments where I really have a list of things that I want to get done and I don't do anything else. Turn off notifications, do everything, and then I take a break. And it's extremely rewarding to do that because a lot of times we feel the need to just work endlessly and relentlessly and it makes you feel exhausted. And it's kind of like a diminishing returns because the more that you do that, the less productive you actually are because you're just wearing out your brain. It's kind of like steam is coming out of your ears. But when you do this, it's kind of like a focused sprint and it's just feels good. And then you can feel good taking a nice intentional break and doing whatever you want to do. So that's when I would do like non-sleep deep rest or hypnosis is after doing a 90 minute. And they've shown that honestly, you have three at most of those 90 minute increments per day where you're highly productive. And so you know, I'll work those into my day and then it won't be meetings. I'll put those around meetings and stuff like that. But really cool. If you guys are in school and you study or if you have a job or whatever to work in that style where it's just like you're really sprinting and you're really focused at the end of the day, you will feel much more accomplished. Like you did something rather than just working all day to the point of exhaustion, where even after not taking any breaks, you still feel like, you didn't do anything. It's a very different feeling that you experience. So yeah, I do that very intentionally and it has helped my mental, because otherwise you're just on a computer working and sometimes you might zone out for a few minutes and then you go back, but everything's just 
blended into one and you don't know how you feel because you feel like I probably could have been more productive. How much more? I don't know. So this kind of resolves all that by just, I'm laser focused during this time and then I'll take a break. Nice. Do you plan that in the day before? Like plan those breaks? I do. And I haven't perfected it yet, but the idea that I latched onto was that this is sacred time. So this is work that has everything to do with your purpose and your mission. And so this is like high noon, how can I change the world time? Really deeply focused. You bring that energy, you bring your best, and then you take a break. You take a breather, you grab an apple or whatever, and then you go back into it later. Got it. We are on our last ones, buddy. What you got? What you got? Yeah, so number five, I was thinking like, what is the greatest contributor to when I'm most productive and fulfilled and happy and all that stuff? And I had came up with a few, but there's actually one that stuck out to most to me. And it's honestly, it's when I am most connected with people that I am most productive. For example, when I'm connected with my wife or we're on good terms and we're united and we're in love. And when I feel connected to the team, like the high noon team, when I feel connected to God, my parents, because when I'm in that state, then it kind of like overshadows any possible stressor or bit of anxiety that might creep in. It's because like, oh, and this is what we talk about in high news. Like when you feel connected to people, you're in a state where you don't even desire to escape to your phone, to porn, to anything, because you prefer to be in that state and stay there. So that's it for me. And for me in particular, it's with my wife. And when we're really connected and on the same page, I'm productive and I'm fulfilled ultimately, which makes me more productive. And on the contrary, when we're not, it's harder to be productive because it's like the motivation isn't there. I feel less motivated and therefore it's harder to do the work that's needed. Yeah. So that's it for me. Stay connected, guys. Stay in school. Talk to your parents and connect with Eat your apples. I like it a lot. I mean, that's the spice of life. And again, a lot of times we become obsessed with a project or we're just diving into our school work and we think that we don't have time for people because we just got to focus on the thing. And we don't realize that we could actually do much better work on the thing if we were more connected to people. So that's a real hack because it's like human being 101, how to be a human. I like it. So my last one is, I didn't do this until maybe about a month ago and now I'm doing it and it's going for walks. So I'll do this right after lunch, I'll go for a walk. And I was always very resistant because only old people go for walks was my concept. So I just broke that concept or I just turned old. You tell me, everybody. But the point is now I've been walking while listening to an audiobook, and it gets my reading in and my walking in at the same time. But what I started doing this week was that if I'm feeling like if I had a lot of meetings and I'm really full, I will walk and listen to Christian music. I'll just listen to really good music that speaks to my soul. And what happened over the past few days is when I do this, now I'm walking and crying at the same time. And what it does is it helps me to connect with the spirit of God and the purpose of why I'm doing all this, because I'm getting all these kind of insights, but also if I'm having meetings and discussions with people and they're going through pain, this helps me to connect to their pain and to God's pain more. And in a beautiful way, because I'm walking through nature while I'm connecting on to nature and to the people that are walking by me and all this stuff. So it just puts me in a completely different state than 
pragmatic. I gotta, gotta do, gotta do, gotta do. This just puts the heart back into the work that I'm doing. So it's not like a productivity hack as much as how to stay spiritually aligned hack, which I think we all need because otherwise it's very easy to go from Monday to Friday and realize that I didn't really spend any time with God. And that's a problem actually, because you missed out on a whole heap of inspiration and power and all sorts of stuff. And it's easy to think that your spiritual life happens late at night or early in the morning. But I just started inserting it in the middle of my day. And it actually makes my days way better because now I'm much more dialed in to the spiritual nature of my work. So it's a small hack, but it's a huge hack that's kind of changed me a lot. And so if I'm having just a pretty good day, then I'll sometimes just listen to an audiobook. And if I feel really full, or if I'm feeling numb, then I'll listen to yeah more Christian music and connect. And it really, really feels wonderful. Great. It's interesting how when we think of hacks, it's usually the simple things, right? But it's actually more based on our conversation. It's like the state of being you're in, you know, that makes being productive yeah. easy. It makes being motivated, right? Easy, which people are constantly chasing. Like, how do I stay motivated? How do I be motivated? But it's just something that comes from within if you are in a good state. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. And thank you for sharing, Benji. Thank you for listening, everybody. I hope this was useful. We just want you to stay at your best so that you don't even for a moment settle for anything less than you deserve, than God has planned for you. So yeah, see you next week, er, buddy. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody, Andrew Love here. And I just wanted to let you know that we have completely revamped our offering known as the Ascend Program. Now, if you've been with us for a while, you know that the Ascend program has been our flagship porn recovery program for years. And we've added a lot of content, we've tweaked things here and there, but recently we've completely done an overhaul in terms of our approach to recovery. And here's why. You see, originally we tried to appeal to everybody and we just let everybody come in. Anybody who said that they wanted to tackle porn, we just let them join and there's a very low barrier of entry. But what we found was that a lot of people who thought they were ready to tackle their porn addiction or who kind of wanted to, they didn't always show up in the best way. And they, in many cases, brought the group dynamic down. And so what we've done is we've made the barrier of entry a little higher. And in turn, we've made our offering much more powerful. Let me explain. So when you sign up now, there is a small fee for everybody to sign up, but you get that money back once you finish that quarter. It's in kind of an escrow as a challenge for you to take your time more seriously because if you put money into something and you're only gonna get it back out if you really try, if you really attend your classes, if you really do all the work, then guess what? Your motivation to do that work is much higher. So that's the first thing. Second thing is we are, of course, offering our weekly call groups as a part of the Ascend program. So you'll have your group that you meet with every single week, and that's super important. But in addition to that, you're going to get daily accountability. You'll be able to message with somebody every single day in order to stay on track with your North Star goal. And more than that, every quarter you get two one-on-one -on -one calls with a high noon staff. 
That is a one-on-one call where we do a deep dive into where you're at and where you're going. And we help you to diagnose precisely what actions will be most useful for your time, for your energy, so that you can get the biggest results for your energy spent. So we are doing our best here at Highland to make sure that you grow the most in the shortest amount of time. It's all a part of our new roadmap that we've created. Anyway, we've been doing this for a while, but we are always getting better and better. And this quarter, the first quarter in 2023, is going to be monumental. So please sign up for this Ascend program. Take it super seriously and just watch what happens. Watch how your life transforms in a short period of time.